I was having problems managing clients. Uh, and there were a ton of really good coaches who knew everything they needed to know about macros, training, et cetera, but like we're really struggling on the client management side. So I kind of looked at how could I give the people helping people better tools to make an impact so they could really do the work that they were meant to do yeah. and could do so at a scale that would be impactful to a lot of people. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. Zach Mobius, welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. What's up, man? Ben, thank you for having me, man. Uh, pretty pumped to give the listeners some value. Just got done with a workout, sipping my protein shake, two to one, carbs to protein. Carbs to protein. <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm super excited to have the opportunity to have you on to share your uh, wisdom and insight with our listeners. You kind of have a different uh, background than a lot of the health and nutrition and fitness experts that I have on the show. So I think it's only logical that we start at the beginning and just give us a very brief background around kind of where you came from and, mm -hmm. and what it is that you've been doing. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And yeah, I would say it's not the traditional path of like work in a gym and or kind of like start right away or have a, a background exercise phase. I think my path was very much going headstrong into the corporate world and then kind of looking back at my past and feeling like I wasn't really fulfilling my potential. So when I was 13, I had viral meningitis, which is the inflammation of the meninges in your brain. Um, no idea where it came from, but I woke up on December 27th, felt perfectly fine the next or the day before, and really fell off, went to the pediatrician. And then on my way to the pediatrician to the first hospital, had a grand mal seizure, coded, mm -hmm. was rusted Children's Hospital in San Diego. And according to my mom, it's like straight out of a scene in the ER where like the mother's being pried off of the kid. Um, she's kind of stuck at the doors and the kid's being rolled the gurney. So flash forward a few minutes, like my heart had stopped. I uh, got by back with the defibrillators and woke up two days later with a, a scar on my hand, a pounding headache, uh, and then pulling five IVs out of my, out of my hand. And ever, ever since then, I've kind of had, I think, a, a different relationship with health. And when I got into the corporate world, I looked at what I was doing. I worked for Uber, Uber Eats, doing global strategy work, and was doing some really cool stuff. Um, tons of stuff around product and strategy. But I kind of looked at what I was doing in my day-to-day -day and just had to ask myself, like, is this really fulfilling the reason that I'm here, the second chance that I got at life? And how can mm -hmm. I, I take what I've learned because I've always been kind of a student of the game with nutrition and training and really help other people. Um, and then that's kind of how it started my coaching journey. And then from there, it just kind of dovetailed into helping coaches. Because when, when I looked around at the coaches, I was having problems managing clients. Uh, and there were a ton of really good coaches who knew everything they needed to know about macros, training, et cetera. But like, we're really struggling on the client management side. So I kind of looked at how could I give the people helping people better tools uh, to make an impact so they could really do the work that they were meant to do yeah. and could do so at a scale that would be impactful to a lot of people. Awesome. That, that's amazing. Now, what was it that, and I appreciate you sharing all of that. I, I think so many of us have some sort of health journey that we had to overcome, um, health struggle that we had to overcome, which is why we do what we do. Let me ask, what were the skills that you developed throughout your corporate life that you're imparting to other coaches and, and clients? So I think a lot of the skills center around problem solving. So I think that like I've always said that like coaches are these expert problem solvers. 
and they just use the body as kind of like their toolkit to solve problems. So what was so foundational about Uber is the company was moving so fast and growing so fast that like, if you weren't constantly problem solving of like, where's the biggest bottleneck? Where do we go next? Like, how are we on track to make progress? It was really easy to get lost. And when I look at coaches doing that, like their problem solving toolkit is all the information they have with them with the human body. Like yeah. how is this person's compliance doing? Like how is their biofeedback moving? Like stress, sleep, energy, mood, and focus, all the stuff that I'm sure you talk at nauseam about here and other coaches do as well. How do you kind of put those pieces together uh, and kind of like look at everything you have in front of you to tell a clear picture to know what to do next? A lot of tech driven, especially startups, like they're very known for being very data driven. And it's because you have to be, you have to look at the, like, look at the picture make an 80% decision and then take that next step forward. And then when I looked at like how to help coaches, it was very much in that same vein. Like, how do you take all of these inputs that are either disparate or hard to get people to record and put them in front of co a coach so they can say, okay, like I can make a better decision this week mm -hmm. to put my client in the best position to succeed. Because like, that's all we're doing as coaches. We're just taking one step in front of the other and really trying to put the client in the spotlight to get results and like drive towards their end goal. Yeah, a hundred percent. And one of the struggles that I think so many of us coaches have is we've spent years and years working with clients and we become very, hopefully very good at identifying those said problems that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and knowing how to overcome those problems and, and knowing what those solutions are. But when you try and scale that, it becomes very seemingly complex depending on how many clients you have is yes, we are good problem solvers, but when we start to have, you know, 50 or 75 or hundred or more clients, it becomes a situation of how do I realistically start to manage all of these problems and, and give the client the tools that they need to continue to make progress without yeah. basically getting in our own way. And so what I appreciate is how you've helped me at least, and, and I know you've helped a lot of other coaches really start to systematize that process and how to start to think about identifying and, and utilizing feedback as a tool to determine what needs to change next. How do we keep moving the needle? Now, with that said, I'd like to take just a, a small step back and talk to the general population around how and why it's so important for us to be leveraging metrics in our day-to-day -to, -day to help us make progress. Yeah, well, I think like, let's just talk to the general population, we can scale from there. Uh, and yeah. I like that you say like metrics, they're not metric. Because I think one of the big issues in health and fitness that's been going on for a while is the sole focus on one thing. Hmm. Uh, well, it's important to have kind of like a guiding light when you're only focused on the scale, for example, and like that's your measuring stick for everything. It can get very right. discouraging for not making progress. And I guess like if you take a step back even further, metrics are really important because they allow us to see how we're progressing toward our goal. And in order to, for the coach to give feedback, in order for you as the client to be motivated, you have to understand kind of like where you're at in accordance to where you want to be. And the easiest way to do that is to measure a certain subset of things to evaluate progress. From the coaching side, this is great because it allows the coach to make better decisions. But from the client side, the most important reason to track is so that you know where you're at at all times and the journey stays really motivating. Mm -hmm. um, client transformation, like it can be very difficult. And I think one of the things that makes it so difficult is if you feel like you're not making progress towards your goal. Um, I've done more research on churn than just about anyone I know, because all day we had an Uber. And my thesis really came down to this, like churn happens, like you, you kind of give up on the process if your expectations of progress 
and like your rate of perceived like progress towards your goal or not being met. So from a client standpoint, like if you don't feel like you're making progress, like I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to quit because it feels like very tiring day after day to be working at something and not seeing the things that you care about move. But if you're tracking things that are kind of in accordance with that goal, it allows you to see things that are moving outside of just the one sole metric. And you can start to key in on different things. So as the client, like you always feel like you're winning. And like, if you always feel like you're winning, that dope means high, that drive is high, and you're more likely to continue on the journey and drive towards harder and harder things. Yeah, I think that was very well expressed. And what resonated with me and what you just said is the importance of, first of all, setting realistic expectations, or I don't even know if you said realistic expectations, but I said realistic expectations. You said, where are they starting from? What are their expectations? And making sure that their expectations don't outweigh mm -hmm. basically their rate of perceived progress. And so it's up to us as the coach, to me as the coach, to our listeners who are coaches to say, here's what realistic expectations should look like in mm -hmm. line with your goal. And here's the metrics that we leverage to help dictate what that progress is looking like, whether it's, it's scale weight, whether it's circumference measurements, whether it's energy levels, whether it's digestive health, whether it's sleep, all of these metrics that we mm -hmm. speak of. That way, the client and the coach are in communication and on the same page as to what progress markers they should be leveraging to dictate the success. I think that's totally spot on. And like the, e the easiest analogy I can make for this is like, imagine we're in a car right now. Um, you don't just have one thing to look at. If, if all you had was your speedometer, right. um, that's great. You can tell how fast you're going, but you don't, do you have maps up? Like, where are you going? Like how much more time do you have to get to your goal? Cause if you're going hundred miles an hour and you're trying to get to somewhere that's hundred miles away, you're going to get there in an hour. Yeah. But if you're going hundred miles an hour and you're trying to go from New York to California, like even though you're going very, very fast for the car, it's going to take a long time to get there. And just like speed, like you want to know like everything else on the dashboard, like does the oil mm -hmm. need change? Like what are your RPMs? Like, are there any other kind of like red lights or brake lights on or kind of yeah. check engine? So you know kind of what's going on. And like it parlays so well to the body because I think so often we just look at weight, like I was saying, as the primary metric of like is scale weight moving up or down? But that tells like one very small piece of the story. Like that's the speedometer in yes. the dash of the car. But if you have the check engine light on, the oil light on, the repair brakes light on, everything else is like red, but you're still kind of like mainline the gas. Like it doesn't matter how fast you press down, like the car is eventually going to break down. Yeah. So just like if you're only focused on the scale and you're not looking at like how your sleep is, how your energy is, how your focus is, and all the other pieces that coaches play with to understand kind of like where someone is according to where they want to be it's really hard to understand like what the next step is. And if you don't understand where the next step is, like you don't understand how to get there. Why do you think it's so challenging for so many people to actually acknowledge that they need to be cognizant of metrics? Yeah, well, I think that the resistance really comes from the dark side of it. If you understand your rate of progress towards something and where you stand, it's awesome. You feel great if you're moving mm. towards your goal. Yep. It doesn't feel so good if your metrics are moving in the wrong direction. So just like finances for a lot of people where it's really easy to turn a blind eye and like, unless like if you have a job and you're kind of doing the basic things, like you're probably not going to bankrupt yourself overnight, but like over time, like just like mm -hmm. eating too much, you're kind of having bad, bad health, like 
bad health habits, like those things eventually accumulate and add up. It's just like your spending habits. If you don't look at your bank account, you know, you kind of have enough to get there. And then a couple of years down the line, your spending just continually outgrows your earnings. And then you go to swipe your credit card and it gets declined. Like that's kind of the wake up call. But like you could have like seen that if it was you were paying attention to these things. And it's just like people for health, like you don't gain 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds overnight. It's a gradual accumulation. But like I've been there before You, you look down. And you see your stomach and you're like, I used to kind of like have abs. And like, now I just have like a gut, like what happened? And that's because like, you're not paying attention because it doesn't feel good to see things moving in the direction that you don't want them to. Yeah. People don't pay attention to things that they they know might cause them pain. Right. Yeah. And and so by virtue of paying attention to it, you know that you, you have to acknowledge the things that you're doing or, and or not doing that are moving the needle in the wrong direction, which mm-hmm. obviously is, is, is painful to do. And so what are some strategies uh, that you would employ or that you help coaches employ in order to help people start to make progress towards their goals by virtue of just starting to track in, in some capacity? Like what are kind of the, the low hanging fruit for most people? Yeah. So I think you, you kind of hit on one is like just having that conversation of like, this is what we're tracking. And like, this is why it's important. Cause like a big part of this is educating your clients and getting them to kind of like understand how the, like the numbers move. And I guarantee like in every coach that I've worked with, like once you get your clients bought into the metrics, like they're as geeked out on it as you are. Like they want to see this stuff move. They want to understand kind of what's going on under the hood. So I think the first step is just having the conversation of like, look, like this is what we're measuring. And like, this is why, and like, this is why it's important to track these things. And like, mm-hmm. yes, like these things don't always move in the, the right, like, direction day to day, but we're just trying to get like a general trend. So I think that's kind of step two is understanding that like one data point is not finite, just like waking up one day and you're five pounds heavier because you ate Chinese food the day before. That doesn't mean like your entire journey sabotaged. You want to kind of see a trend over time. And like those things are going to start to build up. And I would say the third is like, once you've had that conversation, you're starting to track and you have some education is just really take bite-sized goals of like how you want to see things move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is true for clients. This is true for business. The easiest way to get discouraged is to misalign your expectations and just set some like huge bombastic goal that is going to be really hard to achieve without breaking that down. Okay. Like what does that look like at the week level? What does that look like at the day level? And what am I striving towards? Like for mm-hmm. business owners, it's really easy to go out and say like, I want to make like, a million dollars, but then if you're halfway into the year and you've only made fifty thousand dollars, like unless something crazy happens, you're probably not going to hit a million dollars. And then on the right. co- on the on the client side, if you're a client, you say like, I want to have like abs in like six weeks. If you're not in a position like within striking distance of that, you're setting yourself up for failure because like it's not just going to be you're going to hit the the five week mark and be like, dang, I didn't get abs. You're going to hit like week two or week three and realize that your rate of progress is nowhere close to where you want to right. be. But if you focus really micro, like just week to week, I'm going to lose, like, I want to lose one pound or I want to ensure that like my sleep is a, a seven out of 10 every day. Mm-hmm. You build habits around that. Right. It's really easy to start moving the macro by focusing on the micro. Yeah. And one of the things that I've observed and, and frankly, that we struggle with in our business because we are very metric oriented is, is I firmly believe that we need to leverage 
data to help us make informed decisions, right? So that we can set realistic expectations with our clients and, and of course, help them make progress. But one of the things that we observe time and again is just helping people focus on single habits at a time mm -hmm. is because, you know, what we see is, is this idea of overwhelm can become very prominent when we uh, come right out of the gate with you know, you need to track all of your calories, you need to weigh and measure all of your foods, I need you, you know, weighing yourself every day, I need you sleeping eight hours, you need to make sure you're drinking 100 ounces of water. And it's sort of like, I think people are very easily overwhelmed, because they're, it, it's, you know, seemingly just a lot of stuff to prioritize. Yeah, uh, in their already busy day to day lifestyle. And really, the the advantage of of all of these, these metrics is really about helping the client identify just their daily behaviors anyways. It's helping them get introspective on what are the behaviors that they're currently doing that are contributing or not to the goals that we we set for them, the habits that we set in place. And obviously it just depends on the client. There's some hard charging people that are very analytical and ready to go with all of the metrics that you give them. But most people in our experience just aren't ready necessarily mm -hmm. to take everything on, in which case, we certainly find a lot of value in just starting with whatever behaviors, whatever metrics could be just drinking enough water on a daily basis, just tracking your sleep, just weighing yourself every single day, mm -hmm. right? Just seemingly simple, basic concepts that can help them create more awareness from day to day around their existing behaviors. Ah, I realize I never drink water in the morning. So just waking up and drinking a big glass of water is helping to move the needle, drive momentum, and then establish more consistency to start to make better decisions. Does that make yeah. sense? I mean, that, that makes total sense. And I, I love how you kind of started with like, it's not just like just for a lot of people, but like the seemingly simple stuff, like even for advanced people, I, I think it's good to track a fault, like a few things that matter without tracking like everything. Cause like, if you track a few things that matter, like it's really easy to understand, like, how your inputs are affecting your outputs, mm -hmm. which is really kind of this equation we're playing of like, okay, can you drink like two more glasses of water per day? Awesome. Now, when you look at that, like, is your energy better? Is your sleep better? Is your mood a little better? Okay. Like we know that like hydration is probably an issue for you. Like let's continue to like exhaust that. And I think far too often for, for coaches, especially, and for, for clients, like you just want to jump into like the really sexy stuff. Mm. Right. Um, for coaches, you can't wait to program like drop sets and like giant sets and like crazy stuff or get someone carb cycling or doing stuff like all the stuff that right. you geek out on. And then from the client side, you're like, when do we get to have to stop having this conversation about like just eating enough protein? Totally. But if you kind of reverse the view on that and say, like, how can I max out the simplest thing possible? Then like, it's going to go a lot further. And I think like you want to take something to almost close to the point of like diminishing returns, which is basically saying that like for every unit of effort, like what is your return on that unit of effort and diminishing mm -hmm. returns is when your effort really starts to have a negative or flat return. So if we just focus for you on drinking water and with every glass of water you drank, you felt a little better each day, but around like 10 or 11 glasses of water, you're like, yeah. ah, like I don't really feel any different. Okay. Like sure. we know that like, you're, you're well hydrated, we can move on to the next thing. But as soon as you skip over these little things, it's so much harder because now like you're looking at tons of different stuff. Am I eating enough protein? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I like getting enough water? Mm -hmm. And you don't have the thing to zero in on that's kind of like your, your yes or no. And like the more of those things you max out early on, the longer, like, the longer your progress is going to be 
and the less you have to dip into the tank of really sexy stuff, like the, the harder stuff, like cardio or like yeah, very well. dynamic training programs. And you can kind of like max the juice out of like that little bit of the fruit. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and honestly, I think, you know, you said the coaches want to get fancy, but I think the clients want to get fancy too. And they obviously don't mm -hmm. need to. It's like one of the best strategies we can do to kind of quote unquote, optimize fat loss is basically just do less dumb shit, right? It's like, you don't <laughs> yeah. have to like intermittent fast or go keto or do time restricted feeding or drink butter coffee or like train, you know, two times a day or do fasted cardio, like any of this stuff, like really for, for probably 99% of the population. It's like, Hey, yeah. if you just eat three meals a day, if you take responsibility for your intake and, and track your calories to some degree, right? If you drink enough water, if like you try not to snack in between meals and don't eat, drink caffeine too late in the day and so on and so forth. So it's like, if we just did less dumb stuff, but we're more consistent with just the fundamentals, just like for learning yeah. any type of skill, we're always starting with the fundamentals. And so that's really where time and again, we come back to the value of tracking calories, because for us, it's like the highest ROI driver, right? Mm -hmm. There's the biggest return on investment for people because it gives them the ability to one, create awareness around their intake, but also understand that they are allowed to have flexibility and freedom within their calorie intake is at yeah. the end of the day, it's not about avoiding entire macronutrient groups, but rather it's like, how can you consistently stay within a realistic calorie range for your goals, regardless mm -hmm. of what it is that you're eating, because that gives people autonomy around their food decisions, which it, it's our belief that that's sort of one of the most powerful drivers of long-term success. Yeah, I, mean, I completely agree with that. What you're like in any change you're trying to make, like you're trying to, like we talked about before, like do the easiest thing. I've always remember there's a line in the four hour work week, which like that I really took to heart by Tim Ferriss. Uh, and he was talking about building a business and he said, like, decisions I made in the infancy of the business, like made it unscalable and unsellable and kind of like screwed me long term. Mm. And what you want to look at, how I perceive that for a lot of things is you want to ensure that the solution you're implementing can scale and grow with you. And if you start out with something on a diet wise that like it is effective, but very restrictive, mm -hmm. like what does that look like three months down the line, six months down the line when life happens and flexibility opens back up and you like, you're not as kind of like rigid and focused, you start to relapse. And that's why Luke Lehman had a really good post about this. Uh, one of the guys I talked to a bit and he was like, we don't have a fat loss issue. He was like, we have a maintenance issue. He was like a lot of people, he was like losing fat for a lot of people is not the problem. Right. But keeping that off, like only 5% of dieters, I believe, ever actually keep the weight off. Mm -hmm. And it's because like you said, like you're choosing a, a tool that may be sustainable for some people, but it's not for you. So I think like tracking calories, I agree, is such a good place because it gives you a lot of movement and flexibility of where you want to go. And it's also one of those keystone habits that really starts to drive awareness around your decision making. Um, I've got an aura ring sitting over there charging. And all it really does is tell me my, my sleep and right. my heart rate variability. But I can tell you that like that tiny tool and like learning those two data points has gotten me to change a lot of my habits. I drink significantly less than I did a few years ago yeah. just because you know and understand that. And it's the same thing with you tracking your macros and tracking your calories. If you kind of understand the ramifications of your decisions, you can therefore go out and make better decisions. So like maybe it's not worth like eating an entire sleeve of Oreos, no matter how delicious you are. Cause like one, you know how that makes you feel, 
but two, you know, how kind of like off base that is and how, like, right. How long it takes to get back on track after that. Yeah. And it just completely eliminates this need for having an all or nothing mindset. You can have two Oreos and you can still have it fit within your, your calorie ceiling and, you know, still work towards your goals as opposed to having two Oreos say, screw it. I ate quote unquote bad food and I might as well just eat the rest of the sleeve. And because I did that, I might as well just, you know, <laughs> to <laughs> eat shit shitty for the entire weekend and started yeah. Monday, which, you know, surprisingly, that's the mentality that a lot of people have around it. And obviously, it's our mission to start to shift that. Now, despite the fact that we can acknowledge here that there's so much value in tracking metrics, specifically tracking calories, what would you mm -hmm. say to people that are having a hard time, or feel like it's, it's unrealistic for them, or just simply perhaps having a hard time prioritizing it into their their lifestyle. How would you approach that? Start with the simplest thing you can and scale up. So if you kind of look at like fully tracking macros as being mm. like the pinnacle of that. So like yeah. ideally like the pinnacle is like you're tracking your macros, you're hitting your macros plus or minus like five grams. Like that is like the all-star LeBron James type level. Right. But like anyone can get there with practice. So you want to scale that back as close as you can and just like, how can I start to create awareness around my decisions? Um, whether that's taking pictures of your food to start, whether that is like portion sizes, I know are super common for a lot of people just to bring awareness around, okay, like how much roughly how much protein am I getting carbs, fat, like start yeah. to put a ballpark around it and you can scale up. And I think from there, like, I'm sure you run through with like your clients and other coaches do, then maybe it's just tracking like one or two variables, like start by tracking just your calories. And then you can look at your macros kind of after the fact and say, like, how did things shake out? Like, did I, yeah. like, am I eating a lot of protein? Oh, wow. Like a lot of my diet is like fat or a lot mm -hmm. of my diet is carbs or like one of those two. And then you can scale up. So I think like starting smaller and then doing like a protein calories approach is super, like, I think super popular. And then from there, when, when you're kind of ready to track more stuff and start to hit more stuff, you can start to, like, you've already built confidence. You know how to track, you kind of know how to understand it. And like, then it's kind of from going from like wading in the water to like, now you're kind of going to push off and you're going to swim into the deep end a little bit and see how it goes. And there are learning, like there are kind of learning curves with each of those, but with anything you do, like start so small that it would be really hard to screw up. Yeah. And then like, as you build confidence with yourself, you're like, yeah, like I've got this, I can do it. Then you can expand things. But I think you're spot on where people get in a lot of trouble. We talked to this with goal setting is when you start too big because you think that like, oh, like I'm a pro of them before. And then it gets, it gets so overwhelming mm -hmm. that you don't want to do it. Like all yeah. of this is just a tool to get you where you want to go. But like, if you're unable to use the tool, the tool does you no good. 100% man. And this is good because this is this conversation is actually forcing me to reflect on a lot of the things that we we currently do in our business and perhaps that we can be doing better is is despite the fact that we rely heavily on calorie tracking as a as a very valuable metric for client success by that same token is if it's something that's creating an overwhelm with our client mm -hmm. and they're getting turned off because of it and unresponsive and uncommunicative because they're feeling like they're incapable of it or it's too advanced of a skill then it's doing the exact opposite yep. of, of what we want it to do and so for coaches listening perhaps that's valuable for you is to say listen it's not the end all be all for everything at least that's been our observation working with hundreds and hundreds of clients over the years um and still in a position where 
we like to believe that we have a lot of success with our clients, but at the same time is there's still a large percentage of clients that aren't getting the results that they want or we want for them. And, you know, it's, we're only human and this is still behaviors, right? This is still yeah. psychology and it's not all about numbers. And at the same time for the client, Zach is having permission to be okay with, it feels too overwhelming right now. What's something that I can do that doesn't feel as daunting? What's something that I can confidently commit to, even if it's just drinking a glass of water every single morning? And one of the things my wife has been doing consistently that's really helping her drive momentum is like, she's committed to going to bed by 9, 9.30, mm-hmm. getting up at 6.30, going for a walk. And it's just like those two habits right there by stacking those, are really contributing to driving momentum for the rest of the day to want yeah. her wanting to right to do more and more. So I'm glad that we're we have the chance to talk through this because well selfishly it's it's helpful for for me and our business. Yeah, I think one thing like you called out the word mindsets. There's a, or mindset. Um, there's a really good podcast I just listened to with Dr. Andrew Huberman and Dr. Aaliyah Crum, both out of Stanford, I believe. Yeah. And she talked about like, she has a ton of research around like mindsets. So I think until I heard this like podcast, I think you hear the word mindset mm-hmm. as a singular word as kind of like your mindset around things. Are you a growth mindset person or fixed mindset person? Like, do you think you can change? Do you think you're kind of stuck? But I think when she starts talking about mindsets, she even gave kind of a, a diet example of they had people come in and drink a shake. And the yeah. shake was the same for both cohorts, but the way they described the shake either being a lean diet shake right. or a, 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 like a very rich and hearty shake actually had a direct metabolic response on the, the hormone leptin, I believe. Mm-hmm. And like how full those people got, even though these shake were the exact same way. Now you can take that as far as like kind of coining, like there really are no bad foods, but your perception around those foods can actually yeah. drive. Like, I probably believe like positive and negative metabolic ramifications. I think we'll probably see some really cool research on that down the line, but I think even your mindsets around tracking, around like goal setting, um, around being an all or nothing person. I I think that like so many people have these definitive beliefs or definitive mindsets about things that they picked up along the way that like don't really serve them. Mm -hmm. And then you get into a position where you're like, well, I'm an all or nothing person. So therefore like, I already had this leave Borios, like let's grab a six or craft beer or a Domino's pizza. And like make this a weekend. So I yeah, think that like one great. of the things coaches can do around that as well is like when you're starting to see these things, like talking about like the mindsets and beliefs around some of these patterns to get them bought into using the tool. If you change your mindsets and beliefs to like, I'm somebody who like enjoys tracking and like understanding things so I can get towards my goal, then like you start to see this as a tool. Cause like that's all these things are. Mm-hmm. Like if you could lose weight by standing on your head for 60 seconds a day, and like, I'd probably recommend that to a lot of people, like be very, I think, fixed in your destination, like understand where you want to go, but be flexible in the route or tool to get there. There are going to be some people that do really well with just tracking portion size. And there's some people that love to go all in. There are going to be some people who love the way they feel on low carb. And there are going to be some people who want a more flexible approach, but like, just understanding that, like, you know, where you want to go, looking at all the things around that your mindset's beliefs around, like around how you want to get there. And being flexible and understanding the different tools you use and not being like negative or demonizing one or really putting one on a pedestal. Cause like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like maybe they have more or less efficacy based on what they are, but they're all just kind of tools in the tool shed to get you where you want to go. 
absolutely. And, and like we said earlier, it's just so much of this lends itself to identifying what behaviors you're doing or not doing that are contributing to the, the outcomes that you're experiencing. It's like, again, the calories aren't the end all be all, but it's, it's by virtue of tracking that you really become aware of your day to day behaviors, mm -hmm. and then therefore helps helps you be more consistent with those. Right. And so I think that that's really important. And then for the coach to, to really have that conversation with the client and say, well, why is it that you you're feeling so resistant to the tracking process? Yeah. Um, you know, what are you, what is your perception of this and, and, and so on and so forth. So I think that's great. So let's kind of jump in into how you've, you've leveraged this idea of metrics tracking into now being rooted in health and fitness. Like, what are you doing with those now? Yeah. So I founded a company called Dexata, um, which if you want a quick back step on the name, uh, naming a company is inherently more difficult than I thought and was going through how Venmo did it. And it was this Latin root of spend on something that sounded cool. So my thing has always been like very data driven. So like ducks is the Latin root for to guide. And I was like, well, ducks and then data. I was like, that just sounds funny. So like, we're going to chop the, the D off and do an A. And the big thing is to like allow coaches to guide with data. And I think I wanted to solve a few main problems that I saw in the coaching world with this. Number one, a lot of coaches hit glass ceilings with probably between like 30 and 50 people, depending on like how robust you are or how much effort you want to put into it. And it didn't make a lot of sense to me because when I looked at what we were doing at Uber and we were scaling things of like having one person manage 500 people or 500 restaurants, I was like, there's a way for this to do like, us to do something similar here. So like, how do we set that up? So I wanted to give coaches a way, not just to manage more clients, but to deliver them better results as well. And when I looked at like everything I'd done with Uber with kind of help scaling out some of the stuff for global strategy, we were doing some pretty cool stuff around one-to-many management for restaurants and really getting them focused on a subset of metrics that you could look at over the course of time to see who do I need to give more attention to. So what I want to do for coaches was one, allow them to easily collect all the metrics of progress, which is really how compliant are you on nutrition? How compliant are your habits? And then the, like the big markers of biofeedback, sleep, stress, energy, mood, and focus, mm -hmm. and combine those with progress pictures, with measurements, with weekly check-ins, because like subjective data is data too, and allow them to look at that in one snapshot so you could see, okay, like here's all of my data. Here's everything going on. Here's a complete picture of the client. What do I do next? And it really, when you aggregate everything and kind of streamline it, it allows the coach to take something that took 30 minutes plus of an hour to like talk to somebody and like see what's going on and like get them to update their stuff. So now you can like actually do a client check-in, which is giving them their macros, giving them their habits, giving them any notes for the next week to succeed in under 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to do a client check-in under 60 seconds, the amount of clients you as a coach can help is significantly greater and the other important thing is if I'm a coach, I always have access to somebody's data, then I can see things moving through the course of the week. And I don't have to wait until the next time we check in to say something. I think a big pitfall with coaching is like, there's a lot that can happen between Sunday and Sunday. Or if you have two week check-ins, like there's a lot that can happen in two weeks. Things can go off the rails. People don't want to say anything. But if you as a coach can see like, hey, Ben, like your sleep hasn't been great the past three nights. And I can see that in your data. Like what's going on? Like, how do we step ahead of that? And you're taking something, like I said, to where you don't want that client's expectations to ever get off track. And you're keeping them in those real thin bowling lanes and bumpers to where they never deviate too far off. And they always feel like they're making progress from a client side. 
you're getting better service, you're getting better like strategy, you're getting better care. And from the coaching side, you don't have to worry about clients churning and you can manage more clients as a result. Yeah, man. And, and that's huge. And certainly something that we've talked a lot about over the last several months. Um, and, and certainly a problem that we're experiencing in our business is how do we continue to grow? How do we continue to serve clients at the highest level and track progress and um, all of these metrics that we're having clients uh, pay attention to while, while still be able to give them uh, effective protocols, so to speak. Yeah. And, and really what I appreciate from it and that I'm excited about with respect to the app is it sounds like it's covering really from the lowest denominator to the highest level in terms of even if it's just like we said, even if it's just a seemingly simple habit of like, listen, checking in weekly, tracking your water intake on yeah. a daily basis, and perhaps your steps all the way to full macro distribution, um, you know, circumference measurements and, and, and whatever is we can hold the client accountable and the client can feel accountable and they can feel supported through yeah. the process regardless of what level of skill they have developed up to that point it's not either you're tracking everything or nothing and we don't have a way to kind of identify variables in between no i think you hit the nail on the head and then from the client side like it was really important to me to give clients access to all the data the coaches had because like I said, anyone that I've worked with when I was coaching and the coaches I've worked with, like once you're a client, you start to see that, like you start to geek out on the progress too. Mm -hmm. And like we were sitting on the couch and I was like talking to my fiance and she was trying to like compare her body comp pictures using some random app. Um, and I was like, wouldn't it be cool if your clients can do that? And then we just made a feature for that. So you can look at your body comp pictures from like six weeks ago and now and see like, yeah, like, right. Maybe the scale hasn't moved, but like, damn, my waist looks good. And I think that the client has to feel empowered mm -hmm. um, into the process and, and really a part of the process and really get the same focus that the coach has of understanding of the metrics. Because yeah. at the end of the day, when you've been coaching long enough, and I'm sure any coaches listening can appreciate this, it becomes so much more than just the the weekly weight averages, the, the weekly macros or calorie averages, but it's really giving you the opportunity to zoom out and paint a picture of, mm -hmm. of ultimately what does all of this mean to the behaviors that the client's practicing. And that is where the rubber meets the road and you can really do remarkable things as a coach to help the client in areas where they may not realize that they're struggling for and, and i'll just give you a quick example and then we'll we'll wrap it up but i was doing a check-in for a client the other day and and one of the reasons i i like to have data is you know she was submitting her calories and her macronutrients on a weekly basis and you know we obviously see scale weight averages on a weekly basis and mm -hmm. And she was expressing a little bit of frustration around why scale weight wasn't moving. She was hitting her, her calories. She was staying within her calories. She was hitting her macros within reason. She was in a supposed calorie deficit. It's nothing's moving on the scale. Now, from a coaching standpoint, I know her well enough to kind of know, okay, obviously on paper, that's one thing to say, well, theoretically things should be changing instead of me automatically adjusting her calories, the conversation became really how accurate are you actually being with your calorie intake? 
do we need to audit your weighing and measuring process? Are you actually weighing and measuring? How much of these foods were consumed at home versus eating out? Yeah. Um, how structured were your meals? How much single ingredient food were you consuming? And this is where I think it's so important for us to not get lost in the numbers, but really leverage those as opportunities to create more connection with our clients, create more discussion and more coaching to really start to understand and help the client understand all of the nuances involved. It should be a great experience for coach and client. For coach, like you should feel good about the work you're doing. It should be easy to manage clients. And like, you should feel like you have all the tools at your disposal to be empowered. But from the client side, the same thing, like this shouldn't be something where you dread the process. Yeah. And I think the better you understand it, the better you see that you're making progress, the more things you can look at to say, okay, like sleep's going up, like digestion's going up. Mm -hmm. We can start to quantify that. And we touched on like the, the subjective stuff. I think it's really important to, to keep kind of a log of like, what are your wins each week? What do you see as your opportunities? Right. Cause like the more a client gets educated in that, it's the inflection point. Every coach goes through it where the client starts driving the conversation. It always gets me so excited because like, it's no longer you kind of like guiding them through. It's them saying like, hey, like this is what happened. Like, totally. here's what the data shows. Like, here's why it says that. Like, here's kind of what I'm thinking for, for next time. And it, it turns coaching into this kind of one-way thing where you're trying to lead a horse to water and you're trying to keep on the straight and narrow to like, now it's a collaboration of ideas. And when you get in that collaborative environment, it feels so good from the client side to kind of like be voicing your opinion to like have that click. And then on the coaching side, it makes your job exponentially easier because the client is bought in, they're recommending things, and they're really becoming somebody who, who's taking control of their own journey. So if you're a client, if you're a prospective client, if you're someone that's interested in uh, nutrition and health and fitness or gaining muscle, losing body fat, uh, and you're not paying attention to any of these variables, any of these metrics that we're talking about, or you're working with a coach and they're not paying attention to any of those, well, you probably should be and so should they. So I would start doing that. And if you were a coach, uh, and obviously you're not paying attention to these variables with your clients. Well, as a fellow coach, I would strongly encourage that you start doing that if you want the best results for your clients um, in whatever capacity that looks like. Of course, Zach, tell us just briefly a little bit more about the app and how they can find out more, get on the wait list. Tell us like what's going on with that. Yeah, so the app is at duxata.com, D-U-X-A-T-A. Uh, from there, you can see screenshots, workflows, you can also sign up for a demo call. So at the point of this call, I'm doing demos. So if you book that in, I'll walk you through the tool. We'll see if it's a good fit for you and your business. And then like I kind of said before, like the tool really allows you as a coach to coach more clients in less time with better results by like having all the data at your disposal, understanding that data, and then be able to check a client in with that in under 60 seconds. How is this different from any of the other habit tracker apps on the market right now? Yeah. So I think the big differences are a fewfold. One is I'm a strong believer in what I call proactive client management. So having all of your numbers at your disposals, so you can see how clients are moving over the course of days and weeks. So you can reach out ahead of time before the check-in. Number two is it's the only thing on the market that I've seen. It has like all of your data in one place. So you could easily see the trends. You can see kind of red light, green light, how your clients are doing. And then you as the coach can assess their progress. Or are they on track to hit their goal? Do they need attention? Are they off track? And it's the ultimate tool as a coach to allow you to prioritize. And you can instantly get a handle on, okay, I'm going to pull up Ben. Here's Ben's numbers. 
here's Ben's progress, here's what we should do next. And it makes the decision making for you as a tool, like as a coach, simple because like you know what to do, but it's really having all that data at your disposal and having it aggregated in a way that you can easily understand it that separates this from any of the other coaching tools out mm-hmm. there. It's awesome. And, and obviously there's a systematic process to it, which both for the client and the coach is imperative to continued mm-hmm. progress. And it's all good and well when you're it's just starting out and you're all excited and motivated, but it's really important that you have a structured system of attack week in and week out, especially when things start to get hard, especially when there's road bumps along the way. And you really need to lean into those behaviors that you've been uh, developing over mm-hmm. weeks and months uh, that are going to push you through without losing the, the progress that you've worked so hard for. And that's where systems like this can really come into play. So, Zach, I'm super excited for um, the app. By the time this this podcast comes out, it should be should be up on the market in some capacity. Live. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm really excited for that to test it out, share it with other clients and coaches. And uh, yeah, brother, just want to thank you so much for your time. It's been very insightful. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, I think anytime, like, I, I love beating the drum on this just because this is like where I came from, where I grew up. But I think like, if you're listening to this, whether you're a coach, whether you're a client, like really figuring out what matters to you. And then what are the things you can do to see if you're making progress towards those? Even if they're small, even if you think they're insignificant, the more of a picture you can start to put together of your progress, the more motivated you're going to be and the better you're going to be able to assess how to take the next step. Like that's all kind of life is we're trying to figure out Mm -hmm. where we, where we are, where we want to be and how to get there. And these metrics and these tools are really just a subset of those things to help you get where you want to go in a faster amount of time. So you, you can really achieve the things you want to achieve, have the life you want to have and live the way you want to live. Yeah, and in, in in the easiest, most seemingly simple way possible while still getting the results that you're looking for from a coaching standpoint, what better than doing what we love to do uh, in a way that doesn't have to feel as overwhelming as we often make it for yeah. ourselves. And for me, that's been one of the most powerful things that I've learned from you um, over you know the last year or so of, of consuming your content is really how to start to leverage these, this structure, these systems, and, and really kind of key metrics of success and, and leveraging those to help move my business forward in the most appropriate way. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing all this information. I'm super excited for the app to come out. So I'll keep you guys, our listeners, updated on that. And uh, we'll catch up soon, brother. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple. 